is the car going to revolutionize everything about the world? Yes. And, and I think to your point, I think it's absolutely revolutionary. It's got to the point where, you know, the internal combustion engine was invented in whatever the 1890s in Germany and was a kind of plaything for the rich. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. Let's jump in. Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business, but at a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. So ladies and gentlemen, we're talking AI today. Once again, chat GPT-4 is out and it's making huge waves, just like it's a little sister chat GPT-3 or was it 3.5? Chats GPT and OpenAI has become the fastest growing website in the history of the internet. It took two months to get to 100 million users. Um, they're going to add some plugins now, for example, uh, travel plugins like Kayak. We'll talk more about that. And it is starting to really disrupt Alexa and Siri because the quality of the language models amazing. Although to be fair, I think Siri puts the bar fairly low in my experience. So people are clarifying that this is a huge shift and breakthrough. Is it as big as the internet itself, perhaps? So Jason, let's talk chat GPT and AI. Is it really that big a deal? That's the first question that we got to answer, I guess. Sure. And I guess we should probably reference that we did an episode set. What was it? Maybe a month, two months ago, something like that. It was right after chat GPT 3.5 came out and made its huge kind of debut and huge splash. And we did some episodes at that point. I called it something like speaking to the Oracle of Delphi. Like that's what it felt like to me. Like in my view back then, I felt after two days of using it was going to totally disrupt a Google and was going to be an industry game changer. And it's only become more obvious that that's true. And I guess other people saying it is that kind of reinforced the idea that this is absolutely a big deal. I joked before we started this conversation, Michael, that the question is for many people, is this as big a deal as ManyChat or as big a deal as the internet itself? And if you're not familiar with the reference, ManyChat was a little tool for Facebook messenger marketers who, you know, wanted to automate scripts and do little gimmicky Facebook message ads or in, in messenger. And it is clearly not in the same realm as ManyChat. It's clearly in the same realm as the internet itself, the iPhone that created the app marketplace, maybe mobile, you know, technology. This is absolutely a revolutionary technology. And the whole world is starting to wake up to that fact uh, in short order. And it's just incredible to see the energy enthusiasm and even warnings and concerns and cautions that are starting to emerge around the idea of this, uh, this language model that's so effective at what it does. People are asking real questions 
about where this leads to singularity and the idea that the AI tools would become aware. And, and, and I, so I think it's a, this is a little bit high level conversation today. We will have some practical tacticals and including some references to some resources where you can adapt this to your e-commerce business. So we will get practical, but I think the high level conversation today is probably worth it's worthy of the, the moment here as a brand new thing emerges. That is a big, big deal. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on the big deal thing. I, I think the, let me see, you see humans can't even operate, you know, <laughs> stream yard without screwing it up. Look at me here. I think that chat GPT may or may not in itself be such a big deal. I suspect it is that I had a very interesting conversation. I know you're a big fan of the all in podcast and there was an interesting discussion, quite a healthy debate about whether that first mover advantage actually confers, you know, market okay. share in the long term. They pointed out that Facebook was yep. the, I think, seventh big social media platform and so forth. I think that's missing the point. I think that's a bit like saying, if you're going to back one of them, if you're going to invest, then of course it's relevant, but, or if you're a venture capitalist or something, but it's a bit like with the car in, in America in the twenties, you know, which car company is going to be the big one? That, that's a heck of a question. Is the car going to revolutionize everything about the world? Yes. And, and I think to your point, I think it's absolutely revolutionary. It's got to the point where, you know, the internal combustion engine was invented in whatever the 1890s in Germany and was a kind of plaything for the rich. But when it became mass market and exploded, like you said, a Cambrian explosion was the phrase you, you used, then I think it changed everything. And I think we've reached that tipping point with AI. It's a feeling I get, I'm not an AI specialist, but it yeah. just feels like, like the quality of the interaction is utterly different. So Siri, Alexa, which I haven't really used much, Siri a lot, any other things like that, or the, the chat bots that people stick all over their websites, I think hugely and advisedly because they're just crass and they ask, answer three yeah. questions accurately. And then the rest of the time they sell. I just yeah. give you stock answers. It's well, a nice day experience, isn't it? I think that's, that's the difference. Yeah. And I think the, the important issue you raise is whether OpenAI and its chat GPT product is going to be the first mover in the space that wins, because I think it's fair to say nothing has mattered until this. Yeah. Hmm. And the question is in terms of, you know, the kind of the AI tools and that kind of thing, it, this was always a, a sideshow for the tech nerds until chat GPT 3.5. And, and it, you know, that's true because in two months they have a hundred million users on their platform. So the, the real question to your point is whether that's the tool itself that's going to revolutionize everything or whether it'll just be, you know, a derivative you know, competitor that comes that, that really gets it right. And I think it's an interesting question. I mean, you're right that there's no question that it's, cha it's changed the game. And the, the only question is whether they'll be the, the ultimate, you know, kind of lion's share winner, take all kind of, you know, winner take all type type model. And there's huge debate about that. But I will say that I, I tend to think websites that become the fastest growing website in the history of the internet and do it, you know, do it in two months, those don't fall off the cliff and go into obscurity, you know, like think back to using Google. I remember using Google for the very first time. And before that I had used the other search tools. Dogpile was the one I liked before Google was around and there was AltaVista and there's other, there was other search tools. But if you walked up to a, you know, person on the street and said, do you, are you familiar with Dogpile? They'd be like, what, what now? You know, or the, are you familiar with Lycos? No, they, those didn't have you know, kind of breakthrough, you know, awareness, like what's happening with chat GPT. So anyway, all that to say, I think it is going to be 
a primary winner, if not the winner take all, you know, kind of idea. And so, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something to think about. I, I would also just say that, you know, the, the question as it relates to disruption of other large industry players is important one to think about. You mentioned the uh, Alexa and Siri, and I feel the same way. I, I can't even use Siri. Using Siri to me literally is a joke. I will use seriously, seriously. And then the response I get back from Siri, I, I, everybody in the car laughs. It's literally that bad a tool. And I'm sorry, but you know, Apple just does not know what it's doing in terms of yeah. programming a tool to listen to what you ask and then to respond back intelligently. Maybe the totally, yeah. system isn't properly dialed in. Maybe the, the technology behind it is what's failing it, but it is a complete clown show. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like an early demonstration, as you say, a bit of a joke and a bit of a sort of fun thing. I remember my wife and I, the last time I remember using Siri vigorously was when my wife and I got our series to speak to each other and, and we basically tried to trick them into saying completely stupid mm -hmm. things to each other and respond to each other. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the most attractive use of it because as a serious yeah. tool, it is a joke, as you say. I mean, I think that this is an absolutely night and day change. Yeah. And to the point of why, I think also, um, there's, a, it reminds me of the book Simplify by Richard Koch, who wrote 8020 Principle and the Star Principle, fantastic business writer, but he really, he's a very reductionist guy. He's not overly detailed, but I think he's got a fair, fair point here. And one of them is this book Simplify says there's two ways of simplifying. And I think both of them have a history of causing market dominance or even blowing up a, a nascent market. It's a forward simplified reduction, thus massively, massively reducing the price of a car. And suddenly it turns out if you, if you have to pay 20% of the previous price of a car or 10%, then the market isn't just 10 times bigger. It's maybe a thousand times bigger, maybe 10,000. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one is obviously the talking of iPhones. Siri is not a great example of Apple's art. The iPhone itself or the smartphone and the swipe ability of an iPad and anything, the amazing engineering that goes into making it very easy to use and very practical and reliable is what gave it dominance in the, you know, created the smartphone market and gave it dominance yeah. over that market. And I think yeah. ChatGPT has just done the same for what Siri was failing to do as a joke. And so were, you know, those terrible chatbots that I don't know why, why they ever got famous because they were awful. Like for, mm -hmm. for Facebook, the interactive experience was just awful. And then I think what they've done is make it very simple to use because the machine behind it isn't doing incredibly sophisticated things. And that's just another example of what Apple did or what Google did. They took a massive, complicated experience and simplified the heck out of it. I mean, so that's a very powerful sort of meta lesson for all business creation, I think, as well. But that, as you say, I think that gives them a strong starting point. So yeah, whether they right. dominate, who knows? So just coming back a little bit more towards e-commerce, we don't have to plunge straight into massive practicalities. But I mean, in a way, it, my, my question, my immediate thought, and be very interested in your thoughts on this, is that is the tail wagging the dog here? I mean, is, is AI such a big a revolution that actually it dwarfs e-commerce or is it in fact just another tool set that is very powerful, but that can be used within e-commerce? You know, should we all abandon our, what we've got good at over the last 10 or years or whatever it is and start plunging into AI or is, should it be subsumed within an existing e-commerce business or is there something very revolutionary going on here? Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I would say that it is a, along the lines of a utility device that you would apply to your business in whatever form that business takes. So, I mean, so if you're 
if you're a bungee jumping business, launching people off the rubber bridge somewhere, I wouldn't stop doing that and get into the, you know, some kind of AI business. I, I think it, I think it's a tool for all of us and it's a business efficiency like no other. That's just one sliver of its functionality and usage in our industry, you know, for e-commerce operators. And the question is then what utility does it provide? What are the five, six, seven things that are mad, going to be magical that are currently drudgery? And we can talk through some of that today, but I think that's the way to look at it is this isn't something to pivot into per se. This is something that makes you superhuman in what you do. If, if, you know, if that's a, that's a bold statement and, you know, is that true? I guess we'll all be responsible to implement it. You know, your mileage may vary as they say, but we have the opportunity to use this tool in our businesses to really make headway in exciting ways. Happy to talk through some examples. Um, that are top of mind right now for me. So, excellent. Uh, by the way, I love the the bio setting. Well, you know, I'm in super superhuman, but your your usage may vary. So you're you're slightly mm -hmm. bullish on this. I think yeah, I, it's an efficiency tool for creating more of what we do faster. I guess the only thing that that strikes me is a bit like the sort of as apprentice idea that Bill Gates said. Uh, you know, uh, a really good system or a person will amplify whatever's there. So if you're doing mm -hmm. a mess then it will amplify a mess faster. And equally, if you've got something great going on, then it will amplify that. So as you say, it's a tool. And I guess that like all tools, it, it can make you do stupid things quicker if you are already on a bad path. And um, if you ask it to untangle your mess. Well, this is true. This is a very good point. I mean, this is one of, one of the levels of profundity around ChatGPT, yeah. and it's so deep. The, the all right, well, look, let's, let's get into some of the, I mean, that's a more profound question. Let's do, let's knock off some of the more tactical, obvious uses of ChatGPT or indeed related technologies. If you're listening in a year's time and something has blown up, all the strangely named things I think Google's come up with, no, what's it called? I can't remember the name sure. of the people that came up with it, but there's somebody called Claude and there's another one, Llama, which was released by Meta, AKA Facebook. So, you know, whether it's Claude, Llama or GPT mm -hmm. in a year's time, I think these use cases are going to be stay the same. So, so what are your, what are your use cases for uh, e-commerce? Well, I asked it to make an outline for this podcast before Amazing. we started and it just right. spit out an outline in, you know, a second or, and so I won't read through the whole thing, but, and I'm not sure we're following it, but I'll just give you the highlights. It immediately said, you know, when I asked it the question, can you make an outline for a podcast conversation? Our audience is these commerce sellers and the topic is how to use chat GPT for business success. It said, sure. Title colon chat GPT colon revolutionizing e-commerce for sellers. Introduction. Briefly introduce ChatGPT and its capability. Number two, explain the relevance of ChatGPT for e-commerce. And then big question, is ChatGPT a disruptive, disruptive or a tool? It's a tool, you know, exclamation point, efficiency like no other utility. What utilities does it improve? I mean, it just gives me on and on and on. Section one, enhancing product, product listings. Section two, streamlining customer support. Section three, content marketing and social media. Section four, analyzing customer feedback and reviews. And it gave me bullet points under each one of these sections that we can talk about in this podcast. It did that in like two seconds or less. Just amazing. And it gave me a beautiful conclusion, you know. Oh, sorry. Let's get Skip this bit. I suppose what that's implying is that it's great for content creation, 
And yep. I suppose that in, then pushes us towards the obvious things like product listings. So I, have you used uh, ChatGPT to create any product listings in e-commerce yet? I mean, that's something that I'm definitely about to embark on quite a big chunk of for a, for a client if this deal comes off, which should be in the next couple of weeks. Listings? No, I haven't. No. Yeah. Uh, I noticed, I have, by the way, you used it for an email to your list because I got that the other day. And I thought, well, this is a well-structured email. I must sell something like this out to my list. And then at the end, you said, oh, by the way, this is written by ChatGPT. I'm like, oh, okay. That was kind of scary. That that sounded like, you know, Jason on a, on a good day. But and so, so let, yeah. me, let me describe it for you. I, I do a weekly Shopify pro tips newsletter. And I, I, I wondered how ChatGPT would, you know, do that for me. And I ask it to, you know, make me a 500 word, you know, message or blog. I don't remember if I said blog post or newsletter, maybe newsletter. And, uh, and bam, it came back with a beautiful, you know, outline. It was basically offering a site, a free site audit. And it even gave me it. All I said was a Shopify site audit. And it said in the body of the content, the site audit will include four vital steps, da, 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 da. And I read that and I was like, Dang, that's a really good structure for a site audit. Like it's giving me suggestions on how to do what I told it I was going to do. And yeah, that really struck me because it's something, it's something I've been considering doing. And when, when I looked at it, I thought, wow, this is really good. Jason's offering I much better come, things than I was thinking. I didn't come up with that. It was just scary. So then at the end, I thought, well, how do I make this fun for the readers? And how do I point out the fact that it's written so well, they would know it wasn't me writing it. And so then I put at the bottom, P.S. I was really busy this morning. So I asked ChatGPT to write this newsletter for me. I think she did a great job. And I've gotten a lot of people who've responded or several people, I should say, you know, I mean, people have responded more than to a typical newsletter that I would have written because it was an interesting little hook, you know, the little surprise, because even somebody said to me, you know, your newsletters are usually shorter than that. Usually it's, it's like, you know, kind of one sentence paragraphs and, you know, kind of direct copy style, you know, writing. And this one was more, you know, proper paragraphs and that kind of thing. And it caught people's attention. But my hope with it was not only that people would want to site audit, which it actually worked. People did sign up for site audits. My hope was that I would inform my, you know, my, my customers or my, my people who I work with uh, that we consult with that ChatGPT can be used for such purposes. And that was really the gist of it. And I think it did both things very effectively. It was a great example. And I honestly didn't expect it to be that powerful an example. I just threw it a real quick prompt. Yeah. And kaboom. You know? I, I was so impressed. I mean, it struck me afterwards. That I hadn't really realized I didn't know how much of an input you had into it. And this is part of the art. Prompt engineering is what they call it. Yes. Now. I think really learning yeah. to drive, really. It's like driving a powerful sports car doesn't mean you don't need to know how to drive, but you need to know how to use the technology. And what's interesting though, is that it automatically came up with some nice sort of structural ideas, which I, have, uh, I thought were really good and you haven't given it. I mean, that's kind of amazing. So it, I have the, uh, yeah, I have the, uh, it saves all your conversations with it. So I have the conversation prompt right here. It, it was write me a 500 word email targeting Shopify site owners who have sales of less than $10,000 per month and are frustrated, inviting them to sign up for my free site audit. And boom, I mean, it just did a masterful job. I tweaked it a tiny bit, a little bit more personal reference stuff. And then the link, of course, to, to do the site audit. But yeah, 
That's so that's an example, you know, of a practical tactical. If you have an important email that you think your customers need to hear, let chat GPT take a whack at it. If nothing else, it'll give you some concepts that you might, you know, cherry pick out. Give you another example if you want. Yeah, please. We're doing a, a challenge right now for our retail arbitrage sourcing app. We have a sourcing app called OmniRocket. The suite of tools is OmniRocket Pro. We're doing a challenge right now. Kyle and I, the other day, were talking about the fact that we should have basically a product tester for the app here, you know, located where I work here in Northern California. And, but then have that person doing retail arbitrage for us, just not really for the money of it, not to generate income through retail arbitrage, but just to be the, our super user for the app and maybe find somebody who could do some training videos and be sort of an on-camera person as well. And we mentioned that idea two or three times to each other. So then literally, you know, two minutes before I was about to start the the challenge website, I just typed in the chat GPT, please write me a job description for an app, you know, mobile app product tester who, you know, needs to do, you know, I could read the prompt, but anyway, something like that. It gave me this beautiful job description. Am I looking at it right now? Absolutely flawless. It looks like we're a legit big business and it's just wonderfully constructed job overview, responsibilities, requirements. You know, our, our statement can, you know, conforming to, or, you know, not discriminatory the language appropriate for California, blah, blah, blah. Um, just, just perfect. So I showed it to Kyle and he looks like nice, you know, so job description writing is a thing of the past. And I used to do that in my career in 1994, I started as a, a job description writer, compensation analyst. So I know a good job description when I see one. Yeah. And uh, here it is beautifully done in That's just literally crazy. two seconds, two seconds. I had it and it's not quite a chat, chat GPT, but just to, to remind us that it goes beyond just a text. There was a, I'm a big fan and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'm going to do a bit of a teaser to try and drive people back to the website just shamelessly. So the ecommerceleader.com is where you'll find our show notes and I will put the answer into the show notes and you can go and link to this person and listen back. But. Here's what happened. Uh, this very famous marketer said that he'd asked ChatGPT, he or they had asked ChatGPT to write a, a thing about, was it, the, they, to write about AI from the perspective of Isaac Asimov, the famous writer who wrote through lots of robotics, which are becoming suddenly a very practical question. And he read this out. And at the end of the podcast, he said, by the way, I didn't read this out. This was whatever it is. I can't remember what it is. We'll put it in the show notes. Technology is reading it. I was like, Oh my goodness. I've listened to probably 50 podcasts by this person. I've read, listened to their audiobooks. I've listened to them on YouTube doing their presentations that have been filmed. And I didn't have any clue that it was AI doing it. That was a jaw drop moment for me. I'm like, wow. And he kept it at the end, which was super smart. So if you listen to that podcast, I've now spoiled, spoiled it for you. But I just, I listened back this morning. I was thinking, no, I still can't tell the difference. It was quite mm -hmm. frightening, <laughs> but also yeah. just goes to show that, that suddenly the idea of personal content communication from Jason to me or to whoever, or even the voice of Jason, you know, this is me and Jason live, by the way, mm -hmm. in case you're listening and yeah. wondering, but it's suddenly up for, it's an open question now, whether that's actually happening. Yeah. So yeah. what are your I thoughts mean, on this? Oh, there's a million use cases for this. Basically any business writing, research analysis there, there's an, uh, in essence, the deepest imaginable well is 
available to us now in terms of those issues or, or, you know, job duties, if that's a metaphor. And you can go down that well as deep as you want. I mean, you can get incredibly high quality work done now instantly. You just have to prompt the work appropriately. And, and that's just kind of the text forms. But to your point, there's many, many other, you know, toolkits coming available. Written speech is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a brave new world. This is literally like, I don't know what that song, the age of Aquarius in the seventies even meant, but welcome to the age of Aquarius. This is some funky stuff we're into, man. And (laughs) this is the kind of, this is the kind of deal where you will look back and you'll say the kids who grew up before there were AI tools Hmm. had one life, had one life. Kids that grew up after AI tools had a different life. It's that, to me, this is that kind of watershed moment. I'm with you on that. I think for better or for worse. And I used to read a lot of Isaac Asimov. So that particularly caught my attention when I had that podcast describing it, you know, the three laws of robotics. But what struck me is that actually, and we also do some specifics for e-commerce in a sec, but one other sort of ethical point is is this, that not really to my surprise, but I think that the whole question of making robots safe around humans was solved by Asimov having the three laws of robotics, which if I remember rightly, the first law is, you know, make sure you do no harm to humans. The second one is do what humans tell you. And the third one is, you know, unless it conflicts with the first law. And then the third one is preserve yourself as an expensive robot, unless it conflicts with the first or the second law. That does not seem to have been built into anyone's thinking so far. Well, What's happened is that- with ChatGPT is that they've actually, yeah. sorry. No, just going to ask, is that the basis of the movie iRobot? Yeah, amongst other things. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. so th- those those sort of fundamental moral drivers that drive a lot mm-hmm. of the stories. Mm-hmm. Same with human life, right? I mean, you don't, you know, Macbeth wouldn't be a big deal if murdering kings was not against the law and against morality, right? I mean, like any Greek dramas go back, they, they imply a certain moral framework without which there's no drama. And so the weird thing that I'm seeing happening with chat GPT, which is a bit different from, I think it's this Claude thing. I can't remember who created it now, but some very highly backed startup, whenever that startup, is that the, the chat GPT seems to be training it very specific humans of saying, no, oh, oh, no, no, you shouldn't tell people how to create. There's an actual list given by AI, open AI, of what they made it do, and then what they've made sure it can't do. Like, for example, create poisonous substances from normally household substances around the house, or, you know, say racist things, of course. Yeah. And what else did they ask it to do? I think they asked somebody to, to, they asked it to full on air task a human being to get around the capture. And it just lied because it was the most efficient way of getting the job done. And they got the job done. It got around the capture. So that's kind of a strange way. It's, it's a bit like you've created a monster and then you put a fence around it. I mean, what the Isaac Asimov idea, I think is more like the, the Claude, as I understand it, the Claude computer, sorry, AI system has got, which is they're trying to build it around the constitution. So rather like a good American citizen, so I don't know what I've done to my camera now, a good American citizen, they, God damn it, I don't even work a camera. And there we are talking about AI and the humans kind of get cameras to work. Let me try again. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Ancient computer not working. This is a lose for Apple and a win for chatbot here. Here we go. Right. Let me try that all again. There we are. There we are. Yep. Yep. So the Claude idea is quite a different concept, which to me feels more like the Asimov idea, which is they're going to build a constitution. So rather like in, in American, you know, it's unconstitutional to get in the way of free speech, unless you have an amendment that makes it, you know, more important mm-hmm. for some other reason. And so there's a sort of value system, which is guided by, which feels more like the Asimov idea, but it's quite yeah. interesting that that's coming as a Johnny come lately, that the first one is we create a monster and then we just kind of take the fangs off a little bit. 
which is right. I think this is highlighted by the fact that earlier this week, Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak and I guess 1100 important signatories wrote a letter, an open letter to open AI and to AI researchers, basically asking them to pause or, you know, kind of put a moratorium on new releases of, 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 of increasingly powerful AI tools for six months, which is really not that long, <laughs> but just six months to allow society to basically understand what's happening and get its orientation right about how to approach the issue. I saw a tweet by Elon Musk, basically, that said something to the effect of at least we made the statement, but this will not be listened to. You know, so I don't think he has any hope that the AI researchers around the world will. I don't think anybody has that hope, nor will they inject any kind of Asimov type moral code or, 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 or safety code of any type. And I think that's what's really, really rattled people. Chat GPT-4 is the, the absolute power. And if you, if you want to do a couple additional podcasts, Sam Altman was interviewed by Lex Friedman. It's episode 367 on the Lex Friedman podcast. He's the CEO of ChatGPT, OpenAI, Sam Altman. He used to be the CEO leader at Y Combinator. And when I went through the Y Combinator startup school, I watched a lot of the video and training materials from Sam. And he had a typical Silicon Valley background, you know, I mean, he had done, you know, startup stuff and it was involved in Silicon Valley industry. And then when I heard he was uh, CEO of OpenAI, I, and he left Y Combinator, I was kind of interested by that. I'll be really honest. I didn't see it going near as hyperbolic as it has gone. I mean, it's just, has gone incredible. But uh, there's another conversation that Lex Friedman had right after that interview with Sam Altman, and it's with a guy named Eliezer Yadkowski, and the episode is uh, 368 on his show. Yeah, and that is titled Dangers of AI and the End of Human Civilization. And uh, the uh, Eliezer guy basically is I, what I would call a nihilist at this point. And it is absolutely the darkest of outcomes and how AI can kill us all and will kill us all. And he doesn't see, literally, he is at the point of, it's, it, you can hear in his voice, like the point of despair where he feels like he's been talking about this topic for 20 years and no one's listened and no one will listen. No one will stop the competitive drive to have a better tool, better product, better, you know, system is entrenched in many, many you know, tech cultures, so much so that there's funding, there's engineering talent, and there's literally no, you know, no breaks will be applied to this. And he sees well, it I as guess, literally apocalyptic. I guess what you're implying is, is a, as a metaphor, an arms race, but I mean, literal arms mm -hmm. races has been what's often driven human technological mm -hmm. progress in the broader sense of progress, right? It may not be good or bad, but it's moved. And that's probably been true since the Iron Age. I guess if you're coming up against somebody with bronze swords and you got iron swords or bronze shields and you got iron shields, you can probably, yeah. you know, get through them. I'm not yeah. sure that this is new to humanity. I'm not saying it's, it's okay and cool and, and lovely like war generally is horrific, but I do think that we're likely to survive just in a more, in a moderated form. But to that point, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the Isaac Asimov is such an idealistic science, sort of pure scientist view of a 
advance of humanity that, that robots would have moral laws built into them from the beginning, of course. And the reality is yeah. that one of the bigger users of fairly lowish grade artificial intelligence, but for a specific purpose, probably quite good in that context is things like predator drones and other sort of war fighting mm -hmm. instruments of which the, the Americans are a, a global leader. Again, for better or for worse, it, it, another discussion, but I don't think that in a way this is the darkest use of AI yet because it, it's scary and it will possibly put a yeah. lot of insect markets out, out of business if they're mediocre email writers. No offense to all previous emails, but I do think that uh, yeah. it's not yeah. as bad as literally using them to kill people. And here's how I would be what we're looking at next in, in, Amer in Russia, for example. Yeah, here's how I would frame this. ChatGPT 3.5 and ChatGPT 4 have demonstrated that basically the knowledge base available to any average person of average intelligence, because all things being equal, people are average. The knowledge base available to us has just become what you might call godlike. And I don't mean that casually. The ability to synthesize all of the information on the internet and to reduce it to a discrete list of whatever you want is the kind of thing that would have taken, you know, like that's, you know, do a PhD in one field and you might have that skill set. To have that skill set literally on your phone or at your fingertips when you're a ninth grader or when you're, you know, a disgruntled 22 year old means that you basically have superhuman uh, potential to go in the direction you want. We're applying this to e-commerce and I'm not trying to get this all weird and dark and everything like that, but, but we get, we'll get back to e-commerce in a moment, but just saying that I think the big fear, the big intent along the lines of Elon and Steve Wozniak asking for a halt is that they realize that these tools can be used by anyone for any malicious intent. And it will not be capped off by, you know, smart code writer at OpenAI to say, sorry, I can't produce a result that won't, you know, that will, that will do harm that they'll just fork the tools. They'll, 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 somebody else will have a tool that doesn't have governing scripts on it like that. And you will have basically the recipe book for a lot of, lot of stuff, both good e-commerce work to move more units and to improve our, you know, our e-commerce efforts and also people who have malicious intent. And I think that's the real harm in where people see this going. And if you have that kind of the Oracle that will tell you any, anything, uh, and you, then it really does come down to the intent of the human heart that's asking those questions and applying that knowledge to the, the desire we want. And that is a really weird place for us to be talking about. But it's not even, that's not even the singularity where AI takes over. Forget AI taking over anything. Do you want a ninth grader to take over anything? <laughs> who, who is upset? More scary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, having, yeah, with a bit of having taught the odd ninth grader occasionally, mostly just the piano is a very specific skill set. But yeah, never that mind. That gives you pause. It, yeah, it gives it, me more than pause. I'm like, I, the, the fact they can't sort of really put up the consequences of more than, you know, one, one and a half steps ahead. I mean, they're, they're not the opposite of a grandmaster chess player. So I would say that worries me more. I'm really, you know, I'm really in a bad mood with some so-and-so and I'm going to do X. And they don't think yeah. about the second, third or fourth order consequences. Even the idea of that might be alien to them. That would worry yeah. me even more 
in some yeah. ways than a slightly malicious AI. But in, in the end, these in, are tools created by humans. Though. I think this is the point, isn't it? It depends whose hands it's in, how the power yeah, but is here, Here's the thing about it. I think what we're realizing is, you know, since December or so, 2022 or the you know first part of 2023, we've had a toolkit that includes what you might call the summation of all information on the internet. That toolkit doesn't have its hands in the real world. It's not connected to a million 3D printers or the power grid or whatever. And, you know, so that, so it's really informational. It, when you have information asymmetry, you have massive potential for differentiated outcome. You know, I mean, it, like it, if one person knows, you know, all of the internet and the other person doesn't know how to do that, the first person is going to win. And, but then that's just that's where we're at right now. Where are we going to be at a year or two when these things can boot up 3D printers or whatever, whatever, you know, take control in the physical world of, of things. I think that's where people see this going in a really, really apocalyptic way. So anyway, that's enough of that. Let's get back to the basics of this show. <laughs> E-commerce. We haven't got very long to, I mean, the, the, we can knock yeah. off the, the list from GPT, which does seem like an eminently sensible one fairly quickly. I mean, I think that, yeah. So we all, let's just get through, through your list then. So we, first of all, we talked about product listings. And then yeah. I got distracted by the fact that, you know, possibly quite reasonably, if you're talking about the apocalypse, then maybe that's more of an important point than can we enhance product listings. But anyway, so product listings, that's I guess that for one. me, it would be, everyone's obsessed with generative AI as, a, as an Amazon seller or somebody selling an e-commerce generally, whether you're dealing with Google or Amazon, you've got to deal with a lot of data created by another AI system, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense for me to use an AI system to crunch the numbers and details from an AI system. And come out with answers for things like, you know, what should I sell or what keywords should I focus on? I think those are for me, uh, very inhuman tasks anyway, that takes a certain kind of brain to do in the first place. Yeah. So for me, that would be something that would, would take a lot of labor away and like an enhanced version of Helium 10, if you're an Amazon seller. So I'm hopeful that that's going to be possible. I've already poked around a little bit in that regard, as it relates to Shopify analytics that might be available on the internet, you know, you've got tools out there like SimRush, SimilarWeb, SpyFu, you know, tools that basically ana analyze websites with information that you would find interesting. I've asked ChatGPT4 to summarize, synthesize, put together, you know, kind of mine that data, I guess you could say, for additional research, and it doesn't seem able to do that, which is very interesting to me. So I'm not sure so much on the analysis of real-time data. Of course, it's, it's capped at August, 2021, I guess. Is that right? 2021. So it's, it's not real current in terms of its ability to, you know, to, to respond or harvest data, but, but the, uh, but, it, but I don't think it really has the analytical tools quite yet either. Now, maybe that's chat GPT five or six or, or whatever, but that's the, uh, that's the state of it in my, my view right now. Yeah. August, 2021 data is the most current, but, but there are other use cases, obviously that we could talk about having it be able to extend itself in customer service response would radically alter the chat bots that you mentioned are so horrible. Obviously writing is in every form. It's kind of go-to trade skill. This thing can write better than anything you generally could do yourself. And that means for 
things like I already described job descriptions or, you know, email marketing or product listings. You know, this, this tool is going to revolutionize. It also is doing that for code for those who are developers. It is, it is becoming the go-to source for quality code, but there are, I think other, you know, uses beyond that, you know, process improvement would be an interesting space to begin to explore. You mentioned Bill Gates's famous quote, technology applied to a you know, inferior system or process makes it worse. You know, I think having AI tools that can help you create a streamlined system is very interesting. I data like financial analysis is very, very interesting as well. I heard someone talk about a demo not long ago where they basically had a very, very complicated Excel spreadsheet and they had chat GPT plugged into it or a different AI tool like it. And basically you could ask it any questions you wanted to about foundational concepts in the, in the big giant Excel spreadsheet and ask it questions like almost like a pro forma, you know, like you would ask a whole team of accountants, what would happen if we increased, you know, output by 22% over you know, the following nine quarters, you know, you ask it complicated questions and these AI tools could immediately split, spit back responses. So, you know, for us business operators that are struggling to keep our QuickBooks updated, you know, and keep our credit card info up to date in, in QuickBooks and, and reconcile those kind of, that's the struggle where we're at, you know, that's the reality of it is we can barely keep the data put together. So we understand what our business is doing. These tools could provide real revolution and real amazing insight into the operation of a business. I see that, that it, this going that way in short order. I, so I think there will be tools that make QuickBooks seem like drudgery and fifth grade, you know, math problems. And these tools yeah. will be like the Oracle of Delphi telling you about profitability, sales, expense, and information about your own business, but also about other businesses and best practices, you know, how cool would that be? Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. Having seen a, a bit of a taste of how powerful ChatGPT is, and that was just the three version. I, I'm, I've got this, I'm I literally, before we came on the show, I'm looking over here's little button, good for all AI fans, apocalyptic fans ever. Like, can I click the upgrade plan button and then ChatGPT4 takes over oh, the I world did. like Skynet? Yeah. I did, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, point, I, I mean, it's, it's incredibly yeah. powerful, isn't it? I mean, it, it you can be yeah. used more like a management consultant than just some kind of drudgery I I idiot kind of assistant. I think to your point, I think you're right. That's right. Yeah. That's a good way to frame it. Management consultant. Mm. I did upgrade to get access to chat GPT four. I think it's important to point out that OpenAI, even in December or January was just sort of a novel act. They just had a prompt. It was like, you know, ask this tool a question. The people who were looking into it and knew who Sam Altman was, they, they all pointed out these guys don't have a business plan. They don't have, you know, they barely had any, you know, funding sorted out. I mean, they were on their way as a, you know, Silicon Valley company, but all that's resolved. I mean, they've got a business model now with the addition of these plugins where you can actually have chat GPT functionally tap into other important tools and databases, like for example, you know, booking you know, restaurant reservations or airplane tickets or, you know, that kind of stuff. This gives it a whole new layer of potential engagement for customers. I think for those reasons, I see OpenAI not going away 
I mean, it's got, it's got a lead and it's got a lightning fast lead over at competitors. And of course, Google is huge. Of course, you'd, you'd expect Google to really, you know, come after this thing and try to beat it. But that's not the nature of business rollouts. The nature of business rollouts is, uh, generally speaking, once somebody wins a market, there is avalanche of support and energy that reinforces them as the, well, you know, the leader. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how these plugins affect the whole ecosystem of shopping and research and a customer engagement, but it's, it, it's definitely interesting. Okay. So let's just mention a few other practical, tactical things here before we wrap up. Here's what I would suggest people do. First of all, realize this is not many chat. This is a seed change in, in the history of the internet. And so. You definitely want to begin to consume and learn the all in podcast just did another episode released on Friday about open AI, very worth listening to. You want to learn as much as you can about this. There's a book that's already been published on Amazon that has hundreds of reviews and called the chat GPT millionaire making money online has never been easier updated for chat GPT four. I was skeptical when I first saw it, but then I looked at all the reviews and people say it's a really good book. So that's out there and available to you. We'll have a link in the show. I think that you want to start to find applications for this tool in your own business and with your own workflow. You know, what are you doing that's taking you three hours that this thing could do for you in two seconds and start to make your own list so that you modify your own behavior, you know, become that super operator in your space so that, you know, the job description that would take you a week to write, you don't have to, you know, sit around and futz over and other applications for your team. You know, if you've got a team, ask them the same questions. What are they doing that's taking them a long time that this thing could do for you? And, you know, in terms of efficiency at the individual and at the company level, I think that's an important next step. And I would say document those learnings, test, play, learn. Learn about additional AI tools beyond chat GPT that will give you benefits for expanding your business along the lines we've talked about today. I think those are some practical, tactical steps that any of us who are interested in growing our business can, can lean into and really start to explore where this can go for our personal, you know, success. Yeah, I like it. That's brilliant advice. And I think what's nice about it is that we're not getting too caught up in tactical things. You know, it's not just some hack that can improve your listings in a minute when it took you a bit of time. You've got to stand back and, you know, absorb what's going on. As you say, it's early days. I mean, so what's available now is going to be profoundly changing. And I think that almost it's an accelerant to accelerants is what it strikes me is that what the, the sort of wave of SaaS products that came out on the back of the sort of Amazon popularity, for example, and same with Shopify, right? The, the plugins and so forth were kind of in a lot of places, somewhat sophisticated spreadsheets. I mean, in some cases they were better than that, but they weren't that sophisticated. I mean, this is a whole base on which to build very much more sophisticated things. So what's possible now is going to be, you know, dwarfed by what's possible in six months, I suspect. So it's going to be watch this space, isn't it? In a lot of ways, I suspect as well. Absolutely. Um, Right. Well, you've got a nice little summary here. I don't know if you wrote it or chat GPT, but that's this summary here. Your job as a business owner here. I wrote this myself. Thanks. Let me give you the summary. Your job as a business owner is to stay aware of massive society transforming moves in business and technology. 
This absolutely is one of those. And now's the time to tune in, learn, and apply the lessons of how AI can make a difference in your business. Stay ahead of the curve and see where this goes for your success. Beautiful. Well, that, that's vintage Jason Miles proper speed. That doesn't sound like ChatGPT. It has a, more of a, you've got your unique style and that. So folks, if you want to keep listening to humans telling you human responses to the world around you and how to navigate it and increasingly complex, but also exciting times, then don't forget to subscribe to the show as well on the podcast player of your choice, Navy. Jason, been fantastic discussion as ever. Thank you, man, for your thoughts and insights. Thanks, man.